This morning we are going to camp out on just a couple of words within one verse in Acts chapter 9 in our rapid study through the book of Acts. Um, today we'll slow down a little bit and, and, uh, and focus on one verse. It's a transitionary verse that, that's there because we see that Saul has been saved and he has been preaching and God is doing this radical work and bringing this man to salvation and, and having brought him to salvation and now working through him to minister the gospel. And in Acts 9.31, it says, Then the churches throughout all Judea, Galilee, and Samaria had peace and were edified. So these churches that are in these different regions, the gospel has gone forth. It is spreading, and it is spreading rapidly throughout all Judea, Galilee, and Samaria. And these churches had peace, and they were edified. They were being built up. They were growing. And then it gives us this, this description of the church. And I thought it was appropriate because I, I prayed that this would be the description of, of us, of our church. It says here, and walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, they were multiplied. This is just an awesome picture of, for us of the way in which we ought to think. They're walking. If there's a consistency that's there, this is the way they live. This is the way they move. This is how they think. This is what is governing them. He is their Lord, and they are walking with Him. But they're walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit. Two aspects of our God that are united there within the church. You, you think of the name of our church, Reverence Bible Church. Reverence. That, that, that idea of being before Him and knowing who our God is and responding with, with reverence and awe towards Him. To be amazed at Him. The, the, the name was born out of just the heart that, that, that is there within, within us as a church to, to think of how He's not revered so often across our land today. Um, he is people's buddies. He's, he's, he's their buddy. He, he is someone who, who they approach so in, in, in such a, a reckless manner as if he is not the creator of this universe, the sovereign God who's in control of all things. I, re, I remember being at a church where I was visiting a church and, and the worship leader was, was leading everybody in worship and honestly the songs were not songs that I felt like I could even sing to God. It, it wasn't, it, it was just done in such a way that there, were, there was no reverence. And, and I'm probably college age at the time. And, and I remember that the worship leader in the middle of it all said, hey, could you give us a little bit more bass on the guitar? 
And so the guy did, and he's like, you demand, you demand, you demand. And I remember just listening, thinking like, I don't like that at all. Just this, in the midst of the worship, this idea of, let's just change the direction of all of it that is supposed to be going towards him. And, and, and then let's point out who's on vocals. And let's point out, you know, this guy's just ripping it up on, on his guitar. And it was so bothersome to me because it just didn't seem like anything was about him, about Christ. And, and, and that's just part of it. I, I, I think that if we are around Christendom enough, you, you will find that that idea of how people approach God is, is anything but reverent. And we prayed as a church that that would be something that would mark us. If anybody thought of, of our church, it would be the idea of, of, of we revere him, that there, there, there is reverence before him. That's what's being described here in this church. But on the other side of, of, of it, it's reverence and the comfort of the Holy Spirit. I think it's possible for us to be in a place where there's just a very high view of who God is. But the emphasis is all the time on, are you doing enough? Are you doing enough? Are you responding to him properly? Is everything happening the way it's supposed to be going in your life? Are you doing enough? Are you doing enough? Are you doing enough? And being in a place of no resting in the sovereignty of God, in the sweetness of his Holy Spirit, who does this radical work in us to mold us, to shape us, to complete us, to sanctify us, to bring us into glory as he has sealed us unto the day of redemption. And I, I pray that both would be present here at this church. That there wouldn't be this, I don't know if I've done enough. Not positive that I'm saved. Had a bad week. Always working, always fighting, always going in this direction because there is very little security for us as believers. May we be a church that reveres Him and is just saturated with the grace of the gospel. May they go together for us. You see it here where the church is being multiplied. But as they're described, it's they're walking in the fear of the Lord. And they're walking in the comfort of the Holy Spirit. I pray that, that as you sit here on a morning like today, you would read that and think, that's me. That describes where I'm at. I, I, I fear him. I, I'm in awe of him, but I am so safe with him. He's working mightily in my life, and I love the safety and the comfort of the Holy Spirit in me. If that's not the case, I pray that it will be as we search through God's word this morning. That there be just this incredible awe of God and this incredible safety and comfort in him. We get pictures of the Lord in Scripture that ought to make us fear him. Um, I know that when I ask you a question like, who is God to you? What are the first things that come into your mind when you think about God? Um, that there may be several different answers that come across each and every one of our minds. And 
properly so because he's a God who is very hard to describe in the sense that he is absolutely amazing in every way. But we get pictures of him in Scripture. If, if you don't mind, we're going to turn to some passages this morning because it's, they're a little bit lengthier, maybe easier for you to follow. But turn with me to Revelation chapter 1 and verse 14. Let's get some pictures of what he is like. Here, John's describing him in the book of Revelation in chapter 1, verse 14, where he says, His head and hair were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes like a flame of fire. His feet were like fine brass, as if refined in a furnace. And his voice at the sound of many waters. He had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword. His countenance was like the sun shining in its strength. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. But he laid his right hand on me, saying to me, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am he who lives and was dead. And behold, I'm alive forevermore. Amen. I have the keys of Hades and of death. So we get this picture of him in Scripture where it, it, it's awesome, isn't it? I mean, it, he's, he's looking at him saying his head, it was, it was white like wool, as white as snow, his eyes like a flame of fire, his feet like fine brass. His voice like the sound of many waters. Out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance was like the sun shining in all its strength. I mean, just how do you even look upon him shining in all of his strength? And John just says, when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. When I, when I saw him, I just... I passed out it, it was more than i could handle it was more than i could take in i when i saw him i just i just collapsed as if i was dead the idea of of what you hear people say today you know, when i get to heaven first thing is i'm going to go to him and i'm going to be like okay so why did this happen in my life i just think you know you you won't your view of him is so small like the, the, the way you talk about him, the way you talk to him, you, you don't get it. You, you, you don't respond to the creator of this universe with, I've got some things to exchange with you. I mean, I love you and all, but we've got to deal with some stuff. Like you, you, don't, you, you, don't, you don't get it if that's the way you think. He, he just falls down like he's dead. You think of, of Job in Scripture. Job went through some radical things in, in the sense of losing his, his kids, all of them, his possessions, his health. I mean, he, he responds properly at first as far as naked I came from my mother's womb and naked I will return. The Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And all these things he didn't sin or curse God with wrong. He responds well with that. 
When his wife says, curse God and die, he responds with, why do you speak like the foolish women speak? Should we not accept good from God and not also adversity? He responds well when he initially goes through all these things, but there becomes questions that come up in his mind and in questioning God of this universe. Look with me at Job 38. If, if you think it's okay to be at a place of, now I want some answers from you, God. Here's my questions. And, I, and if you think that you approach him that way, look at what God says to Job. In Job 38 and verse 1, it says, Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, Who is, who is this who darkens counsel by words without knowledge? Like, you, you're, you say stuff, but you don't know anything. Your, your view of me is so small. You're just, you're just talking. It's words without knowledge. Now prepare yourself like a man. I will question you and you shall answer me. Now you know like this is not a good day. (laughs) When God is taking you to the woodshed in the sense of you don't approach me like that. You take your shoes off when you're in my presence because you're on holy ground. You will pass out dead like John when you are in front of me you don't you don't approach me like i'm your buddy and you want to demand some things from me you don't you don't get it you have words and yet you don't have knowledge so prepare yourself like a man i will question you you answer me were you where were you when i laid the foundations of the earth tell me if you have understanding were you there When I laid the foundations of the earth, when I created everything that exists, where were you? Who determined its measurements? Surely you know. Or who stretched the line upon it? To what were its foundations fastened? Or who laid its cornerstone? When the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy, or, or who shut in the sea with doors when it burst forth and issued from the womb? When I made the clouds its garment and thick darkness its swaddling band, and when I fixed my limit for it and set bars and doors, when I said, this far you may come, and, but no farther, and here your proud waves must stop, Have you commanded the morning since your days began and caused the dawn to know its place? Have have you done any of these things? And and when you start reading the way God speaks about this, you know it's awesome on what he's done. I mean, when, when when he laid the foundations of the earth and he determined its measurements and he stretched the line upon it, that equator, When he fastened its foundations and laid its cornerstone and all the angels sang together with joy and he shut the sea and the doors and he did all of these things. 
He's, he's, he's describing to Job like, you don't get how big I am because I speak these things into existence and they're perfect. I make it so that the earth rotates in this way and you could, I could, I mean, we could determine a million years from now if the Lord tarries exactly where it is that that earth will be rotating and the exact second it will be there unless the Lord returns, which we think he will. We know he will. But it's awesome in all that he's created. This just goes on. I mean, he just continues to ask some questions. Let's fast forward a couple chapters. Go to Job chapter 40, verse 1. You come to, and I encourage you to read 38, 39. Get to 40. You think like, okay, I get it. I get the point. Enough already. It says, moreover, the Lord answered Job and said, (laughs) so you get the moreover. This continues. Shall the one who contends with the Almighty correct him? He who rebukes God, let him answer it. You're going to rebuke me? Should you correct the Almighty? God's point here to Job is you don't understand my majesty, my knowledge, my sovereignty over all things. Job answers the Lord. He says, Behold, I am vile. I'm vile. What what shall I answer you? I'm going to put my hand over my mouth once I've spoken, but I will not answer. Yes, twice, but I will proceed no further. I am vile. You get the idea like he's not thinking, you know, I got, I got a right to answer this stuff. You took my kids, and you took my stuff, and you gave me boils. Like, you do need to answer. No, he just, once he sees God in that sense, he hears him and is just like, I'm vile. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put my hand over my mouth because I am so afraid of opening it again. And, and not only that, but I don't even want to answer you right now. So, like, there is just total fear that has come over him in the presence of God. And it's a good one. But then the Lord answers Job out of the whirlwind and says, Now prepare yourself like a man. I will question you, and you shall answer me. Would you indeed annul my judgment? Would you condemn me that you may be justified? Have you an arm like God, or or can you thunder with a voice like his? Then adorn yourself with majesty and splendor, and array yourself with glory and beauty. Can you do that? Obviously, the answer is no, I can't. Our God, as he is displayed before Job here and before the universe, when you see him in all of his glory, the idea of being in awe of him... It's just the greatest understatement. There's pictures. People just, they fall down. They faint. They don't know how to respond to his brilliance. And there's no 
shame in it. I mean, he's just saying, can you make your, your voice, can, can it thunder like mine? And can you adorn yourself with majesty and splendor? Can you array yourself with, with beauty or glory and beauty? Can you do this? And it's fully right and fully proper for him to say, I can. Because I am. I do all these things. I create all these things. I am sovereign over everything. There's not a sparrow that falls to the ground apart from my will. I know all things. I know the number of hairs that are on your head. I determined your boundaries and dwelling places so that you would grope for me and find me. I created a universe in which it would display my glory both now and forevermore. And I will hold you safe for all eternity to be able to be with me. And I will be your bridegroom and you will be my bride i will be your father you will be my people and you will enter into my joy forevermore and you will see my beauty and it will bring you joy fullness of joy in my presence forever and there's no one that deserves glory besides me there's no one that deserves honor besides me i am full of it i'm full of splendor and glory and beauty and honor and i'm worthy of it so answer these questions Job. And then it continues. Go to Job chapter 42, verse 1. Then Job answered the Lord. And he says, I know that you can do everything. And that no purpose of yours can be withheld from you. You asked, who is this who hides counsel without knowledge? Therefore, I have uttered what I did not understand, things too wonderful for me, which I did not know. Okay, so just stop it. This guy lost his kids. He lost everything. But now he's at a place of, God, you can do anything. There's, there's no one that can stop your hand. There's no one that can. No purpose of yours can be withheld from you. You ask me, who is this who hides counsel from, who is this who hides counsel without knowledge? That was me. I, I didn't understand. I didn't see all these things. So as a result, I uttered what I didn't understand. I said things because in my box, it looked like my world was caving in. It looked like everything was going wrong, but it wasn't in your box. These were things that are just too wonderful for me. Notice how he uses the word wonderful. These are things that are just too wonderful for me. I didn't know. Listen, please, and let me speak. You said, I will question you and you shall answer me. I have heard of you by the hearing of the ear. But now my eyes, my eyes sees you. I heard about you. I heard of all these things. But now I see you. Therefore, I abhor myself. And I repent in dust and ashes radical i mean this is job an upright man who fears god and shuns evil and he comes to a place of seeing his sin 
The sin is that his view of God was way too small and he didn't trust in God and he was not there when God did everything. And he had a view of God that brought him down to a place of like, I'm going to now demand stuff from you, God. And God just says like, no, 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 no. You have no idea who I am. His response is, I abhor myself. Like, I am abhorrent. I, I loathe at the idea of who I who am I to say anything? I repent in dust and ashes. I have been ground into the ground. And I, I, I just, I repent. I am so sorry. There, there is the sense of just majesty before me. And it is not one in which I am so afraid of you. Rather, it is, I fear you because you are awesome, but I love you with all that I am. This is what happens when it goes together. When you see him in all of his brilliance, and then you see who he is and what he's done for you, it, just, it, it stirs within us this adoration and love for him. In Jeremiah chapter 33, I'll just, I'll read this for you. He says, I will, it's Jeremiah 33 verse 8, I will cleanse them from their, all their iniquity by which they have sinned against me. And that's what he's done for us. I will pardon all their iniquities by which they have sinned and by which they have transgressed against me. Then it shall be to me a name of joy, a praise, and an honor before all the nations of the earth, and the, by, by all the nations of the earth, who shall hear all the good that I do to them. They're going to see it. They shall fear and tremble for all the goodness and all the prosperity that I provide for it. Do you notice how those words went together? I mean, here you have God speaking and. and, and it's, I'm going to cleanse you from your sin, which he's done for us, hasn't he? He's hurled into the depths of the sea. It's gone from us. I'm going to do this for you. And, and you're going to hear of all the good that I've done to you. And as a result, you will fear and tremble for all the goodness, for all the prosperity that I provide for you. You're going to fear and tremble for all the goodness. You can see that the fear and trembling is a fear and trembling before someone who is majestic and glorious and full of splendor and honor. I'm just, I'm going to be before you and there is going to be this joyful trembling. We find that in Scripture. In Psalm 211, it says, Serve the Lord with fear. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. They go together. Serve the Lord with fear 
reverence and awe before him and have joy that's coupled with trembling before him. We're to fear him like that. You see in Revelation chapter 14 where there's an angel flying in the midst of all of them and it says he's having the, the everlasting gospel to preach to those who dwell on the earth, to every nation and tribe and tongue and people. And this is what he says with a loud voice. Fear God. Fear God. This is the first thing this angel says. Fear God. And give him and give glory to him. Fear God and give glory to him. Fear God and have it become that which comes with trembling, joyful worship and glory and honor towards him. For the hour of his judgment has come and worship him who made heaven and earth, the sea and springs of water. Worship him like that. You see it with Peter, where Peter's talking about how it is that we ought to live as, as people. And, and he tells us that gird up the loins of your mind, be sober and, and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, not conforming yourselves to the former lusts, as in your ignorance. But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct, because it is written, Be holy, for I am holy. And if you call on the Father, who without partiality judges according to each one's work, conduct yourselves throughout the time of your stay here in what? In fear. Conduct yourselves in such a way that there is fear. Knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by the tradition of your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot. You see, you see here where it's, it's conduct yourselves throughout the time of your stay here in fear. Why? He gives the answer, knowing. Why, why do we conduct ourselves here in fear? Why do we worship with reverence? Why is that here? Why do we view him like that? Because you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver and gold. It wasn't because of your conduct. It was with the precious blood of Christ. It was the precious blood of Christ. So revere him. Conduct yourselves in such a way that there is reverence and awe and godly fear before him. His blood was spilled for you. And it's precious. You find when God is even telling us good things about himself, like in the sense of, I'm going to bless you. The response still ought to be fear. In Genesis 28, why why don't you turn there with me real quick. Genesis 28, verse 10. In Genesis 28, verse 10, Jacob goes out from Beersheba towards Haran. Came to a certain place and stayed there all night because the sun had set. Took one of the stones of that place and put it at his head and he laid down in that place to sleep. And then he dreamed. And behold, a ladder was set up on the earth, and its top reached to heaven, and there the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. 
Behold, the Lord stood above it and said, so this is what God says to him. Notice the kindness of our God and what he says. I am the Lord God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie, I will give to you and your descendants. Also, your descendants shall be as the dust of the earth. You shall spread abroad to the east, to the west and to the east, to the north and to the south. And in you and in your seed, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Behold, I am with you and I will keep you wherever you go. It will bring you back to this land for I will not leave you until I've done what I've spoken to you. Those are all good things, right? Jacob wakes from his sleep. He says, surely the Lord is in this place. I did not know it. And he was what? Afraid. He's afraid. And he says, how awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. He's afraid. He, he hears even just, I'm going to bless you. Through you, I'm going to bless all the families of the earth. I'm not going to leave you until this is done. This is all I'm going to do for you. This is how I'm going to bless you. And, and even in the midst of the blessings, there is just godly fear that comes before him. It's not just fear that comes because it's, I'm going to smite you. It's fear that comes when you see him. It's just, I'm going to bless you. Here's what I'm going to do. Here's the promises to you. Here's the covenants I'm going to make with you. And his response is, how awesome is this place? But I'm scared to death right now. God met me here. That's the God that we serve. May we view him like that, please. May, may you l- hear things like this and... And may we be just amazed at him. We see this in Acts. We've seen it over and over again where Acts 2.43, fear came upon every soul. Everyone kept feeling a sense of awe. Amazed at him. Psalm 86, the psalmist says, You're great, for you are great. You do wondrous things. You alone are God. He says, teach me your way, O Lord. I'll walk in your truth. Unite my heart to fear your name. Do that work in me. You're great. You do wondrous things. You alone are God. Teach me your way. I'll walk in your truth. Please, God, unite my heart to fear your name. Do a work in my heart, because if it's not like that right now, I want it like that. Make it so that I fear you. Make it so that I'm in awe of you. Make it so that the way that I view is not such where I'm like Job coming and demanding answers from you, but make it so that I quickly just fall down and just put my hands over my mouth and not talk anymore and just trust you because I've seen you in Scripture. I've seen what you're like. I see what happens when people don't fear you properly. They don't view you properly. I don't want to be like that. I want to just have this clarity of you through the pages of scripture that my heart is united to fear you i want to see you like that this is what the church was doing they feared him they were walking in the fear of the lord but they were also walking in the comfort of the holy spirit the comfort of the holy spirit picture the christians in the early church 
They have a gigantic view of who God is, and there's this fear of Him, but they are so comforted by the Holy Spirit. He would sweetly comfort them in their sorrows. He would minister to them through their persecution. As they would have separation or even hatred from family members, the Holy Spirit would be there to comfort them. He would comfort them in their afflictions. He would remove their doubts and he'd bring assurance. He would teach them God's word, unraveling the deepest things of God to the church. The comforter would love them with the deepest possible love. And he would assure them with comfort as they would think about the promises of God. We have the Holy Spirit who is our comforter. He brings people to salvation as he regenerates our hearts. He indwells us. The comfort of the Holy Spirit to know that He's molding us into his image. 2 Thessalonians 2.13 says, We're bound to give thanks to God always for you, brethren, beloved by the Lord, because God from the beginning chose you for salvation through the sanctification by the Spirit and belief in the truth. 1 Thessalonians 5.23, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. May your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful, who also will do it. He's molding us. He's shaping us. He's conforming us into his image. And there's comfort that comes with that. Those Christians, to be able to know that they had an inheritance that was guaranteed until the redemption of the purchased possession because they had been sealed by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit would gift them with different ways so that they would minister to one another and that they would be a blessing to one another. They were comforted by the Holy Spirit gifting the believers that are around them just like he does in here so that we could be encouraged. Has that happened to you here? Has the Holy Spirit gifted people that are around you and now they are a blessing to you? That's what he does. He would call certain people to missions. He would direct them as to where to go. did this the Holy Spirit is the one who does this Holy Spirit would pray for them he'd be the source of fruit in their lives it says by the fruit of the Spirit but the fruit of the Spirit is is love, joy, peace long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness gentleness, self-control the Holy Spirit was comforting the church by giving them these things he would guide them Give them joy. Reveal to them the things of God. Have scripture be written to be a blessing unto them. And then enlighten it to their eyes so they might understand it. They lived under grace. Knowing that they were saved. Not by works. But by the precious blood of Christ. By faith alone they were saved. They knew that. And the Holy Spirit gave them that assurance and comforted them. And so they walked with godly fear, 
fear of God and the comfort of the Holy Spirit, I pray that would be us. Be comforted today in the Holy Spirit as a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. But be in awe of who he is. He's worthy of that. Will you pray with me? Lord God, we thank you for your word this morning. That description of the church, Lord, the way in which they walked. May we walk like that today. May we say like Job, I abhor myself. But at the same time, be filled with so much joy in that you have shown so much kindness towards us. So much grace towards us. And so may we just respond with fear and trembling that's coupled with joy and praise and worship unto you. May we not have an ungodly fear. May it be godly and proper as those who see you as you reveal yourself to us in the pages of Scripture. And may the sweetness of your Holy Spirit make it so that we realize that you have not left us without a comforter, without a helper, but you have given us one who would regenerate us and make us new creations in you and bring us unto you and cause scales to be removed from our eyes so that we might know you and follow you and you'll never leave us, you'll never forsake us, you'll never depart from us. There's nothing that can separate us from your love. You'll direct us from your word and surround us by believers and you'll work in such a way that you will bring us to the very day of redemption by your Holy Spirit who has sealed us for that day. May that comfort us and give us joy and enable us to joyfully serve you with fear and trembling, but just in awe of who you are. I pray, Lord, that on this morning as we close in worship, that if somebody were to come and describe us, they would say this is a church that fears him and is so comforted by the Holy Spirit. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.